Oh, it's you, Merlin. <laughs> you sound great, and you're My coming friend. through the right AV. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what I did <laughs> when the phone rang? I was like, okay, 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 okay. What, what, get all the buttons. And I was like, what is, how does this button? Oh, right, right, right. I have to put that button. Uh-huh, so I, uh-huh. so I was ready. I was ready. <clears throat> I was 100% ready. You, you know, the answer here, here, John, uh, automation. <gasps> you, sh- you should make some little robots uh, that control your world. Well, here, here's the problem. Yeah. I believe I was talking to you earlier about the Apogee quartet that I'm using. I here. use an Apogee device just on Friday, and I didn't even know it was an Apple G device until I until I looked. Oh, congratulations! I use the, I use the dingus that turns a guitar cable uh, into a, into a USB. I did not know about that dingus, but I'm interested. I'm it's interested. you know what it is, John. It's real clean. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's real clean. You don't you don't have to mess with other hardware. And, sure, and you then go I can, straight uh, into the board. I can play my pop songs. <laughs> Woo! I even I hooked up a MIDI keyboard. I got it all going on. Well, the thing about this... Well, tell me about your Apogee. This is the one, just to be clear, for our listeners. Hello yeah, and welcome. Hi there. Please don't address the listeners. They, they, um, this was sent to you by iHeartSign Radio. Yes. When you, when you did your, uh, your podcast with Jeopardy Man uh, yes. for a while there on, on their network. And, yes. and Because they said you need to, what do they say, go to the next level probably, right? Let's go you to the next level. Got to heart your radio more. This uh, this Apogee Quartet, it's got the real good uh, like analog to digital converters. I don't even think people use the, that term anymore. But whatever it is, it's an interface, and it has this curious thing. I've talked I've talked to you about the big knob uh, philosophies, right? The big knob. You know, I remind me because I, I think I might be real into it. Well, there's a, there was a there was a thing in audio pro audio. Uh, for a while there where uh, I guess things had too many buttons. You remember those old drum machines that had like 600 buttons? Oh, if you're doing like you're doing an 808 or something. See, I, I get that with my – this is super interesting. Yeah. My hardware device that turns yeah. uh, turns me into computer, it, it's got what they call dip switches. Oh, dip switches. You know what a dip switch is, John? Oh, I sure do, Merlin. I got a whole, I got a whole array of dip switches and there's, there's a whole array of dip switches and there's for two different channels. So sure. I do stuff like I photograph my switches dip and I send it oh. to my friends and say, please tell me what to do with this. Is this right? Is this right? Yeah. Is this right? Is this right? Do I want limiting? Yes, I probably want limiting. Do I want to go mono all the time? Sure. Mono a mono. You know? Mono a mono. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a kind of switch in the world that I don't have some experience with. Is that I've, right? I've, I've lived in a very switch-based world for a long time. John, John, I, you used to ride on trains all the time with your train dad and yeah, they have dad. switches. That's a different kind, but you're that's, right. That's where that phrase comes from, switches before bitches. Mm-hmm. Here in mm. this house, here, mm, here in this house, uh, <laughs> the house that I am living in now that was built by a Boeing defense engineer in the 1950s who was also an amateur woodworker <clears throat> and who built all the closets himself. And as time has gone on, I've built realized That's his own that closets, you say? A lot of the work in the house was done by amateur woodworker dad. And if you look at the original blueprints, you can see that the architect, the architect was a young man when he designed this house. Mm-hmm. The architect went oh, on Oh, he hadn't to been beaten de- down by life yet. He hadn't been de- beaten down. Or he, but he also had greater success. He designed the hydroelectric pavilion at the 1962 World's Fair. Shut your mouth. So what, he went on to, to He must have things. been a real get at the time. At the, well, but this was this house was built in fifty five. That was in sixty two. Oh, he's a young guy. He's, he's, sure. And you can see you can. It's it's weird when you when you read the 
the drawings and I read them uh, with friend of show Ben King, the architect, who was you know kind of looking over my shoulder. But there was an there was a there was a palpable sense that the architect had designed the house, and then uh, homework ho- home woodworking uh, Boeing engineer electrical uh, dad uh, was like ah I think we could cut corners. Oh, on a couple really? of things. Really? So he's a young enough guy. He hasn't done the uh, the big exposition yet, and he's right. going to be the implementor and the decider. And he's saying, "Let's let's take a little bit off the sides here. I don't I don't yeah. need you. I don't I don't need you, a young man, to be designing my closets." So so on the blueprints, there are little notes like uh, closets owner will install. Oh, you know, like mwah. just little, and they're not. It's. You, you know, there, there's not actually like little drawn drips of condens, uh, condescension uh, or condensation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, you know, can just John, feel Sir, it. John Syracuse says that the humidity is the homeowner's uh, greatest enemy. I, I moisture, moisture writ large. I think that that is probably true. You know, you we know, have like a lot ultimately of you always die because you don't get enough air. Like, yeah, your heart oh. died, but it's because you didn't get enough air. In this case, every problem basically goes back to moisture. Moisture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know a lot. I, I don't know how you feel about it, but I have someone in my life close to me who cannot stand that word. It's, it's terrible one of those word. words. It's a, but, it's know, a word like succulent. Ooh. <laughs> neither succulent of those, moisture. Neither of those words bother me that much. Good for There's you, so man. There's so many words that bother me. I'm writing but, it down. Words that bother the, John. Okay. But, the, but those don't. All right. Um, I, so, I have a whole. I have a whole. I'm sorry. I'm getting you so far off your topic. I just had coffee. Right, I, I have a whole list of words that I would prefer people not use, and I'll share it with you later. Oh yeah, send that to me in a Google Doc. Well, I thought we could talk about it on the program because we always need content. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good. So you good. got. So he goes in and he's need content because because <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Headspace. You can learn more about Headspace right now by visiting headspace.com slash super train wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that helped you sleep focus act and just be better well there is and if you have 10 minutes headspace can change your life headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy to use app headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research so whatever the situation headspace really can help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, well, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation just perfect for you. If you need some help falling asleep, well, Headspace has wind-down sessions that their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations that you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Now, me, I've used Headspace in the past, and I found it really useful. I I think one of the best things, that it helps you to establish a habit of meditation. No matter how new you are to a practice, uh, they'll walk you through what you need to know. You just sit sit down and you do it, right? And let's be honest, once you have Headspace on your device, there's no excuse not to make the time to use it. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads, which is a lot of downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com supertrain. That's headspace.com slash supertrain for a free one-month trial 
with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. You go to headspace.com slash supertrain today. Our thanks to Headspace for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. Because here's the thing. Part of the thing is... What will we talk about? You think about, like, a, like I don't say redlining. That has a meaning. But, like, when you're, like, going through a contract and you say, no, this is out, this is in. And that might be partly a little bit... They probably didn't say ass at the time, but a little bit of CYA for young architects says, hey, mm. don't yell at me because there's no closet. Mm-hmm. This is this is going to be... Uh, I'm going to put a circle around this and make a note because this genius has decided he wants to make his own room holes. Yeah, well, and and you know they built onto the house in sixty in sixty or sixty two. Whenever I mean, right about the time that the guy was was hitting his peak over there at the World's Fair, mm-hmm. he came back and amended his architectural rendering of this house or his his plan for the house and built on, a, you know, a room for mom and dad as they <laughs> as they kept having more babies. Sponsored by Eastern Airlines. And so that, and that's when the whole bomb shelter thing got in. But, okay. but, but what happens in the house is that he, working at Boeing as an electrical engineer, making B-52s or whatever they were doing at the yeah, time, yeah, yeah. he kept bringing home salvage switches from work and installing them in, in locations where, I mean, it, you remember this, you remember the scene in Dr. Strangelove when, uh, when, when um, they're in, they're in the B fifty two, and they're, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and they're they're running yeah, I, down. I there. love that scene. It's supposedly, yeah. supposedly, it's very authentic. And James Earl Jones and team, uh, and uh, I believe it's the actor Slim Pickens. They're flipping a lot of knobs. You got to turn on the CRM, That's get right. it to the right, and then it's flicka, flicka, flicka. And oh boy, that is, that is a that is a horny scene for me. I'm all so those into switches. those all those clicky switches. Yeah, and there are so many of those clicky switches in this. But house. you're saying you, you take you take those, but they're salvaged. Well, yeah, well, or they weren't even salvaged. They were like off the assembly line. He's like, uh, give me five of those. You know, it's Shrinkage. like you have to, you have to yeah. lift up the metal, the red metal switch cover mm. to get to the switch. Yeah, like if it's a real important one. Like if you're going to go, if you're going to go on, uh, you're going to write a bomb down. You, you want to make sure it's like a, you know, Paul 13 type situation. Whatever you do, don't hit this knob. You flick that up. You say, flipping it on, boss. He goes. <laughs> <laughs> flipping it on, boss. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> That'll be a funny movie. There was some uh, there was some noise. Cool down, and strange love. No, no, noise down in the ravine the other day. Hmm. Oh, uh, some some power tool noise. And so I went, you know, down. And it it was started early in the morning, of course. And so I yeah. get my bathrobe on and I, I strap my sword on and I walk down as, as you with do. my with my uh, beer stein full of coffee. <laughs> and uh, there's a bunch of guys with hard hats standing around. And I was like, Hey guys, what's going on down here? And they were like, oh, the water main broke and, uh, you know, we got to jackhammer the road and all this stuff. And I said, say, which one of you is the foreman? And one of them was like, I'm the foreman here. And I said, why don't you tell me all about the sewer and water around here? Oh, you you capitalized on a a moment. (laughs) I did. He was standing around. Time to lean. And you time know, to clean. you know, he's going to want to talk about that. Oh yeah, and I know that in his in the cab of his in the cab over Pete with the reefer on that he's driving around, <laughs> uh, he's gonna have some he's gonna have some data. So he's like, "Well, come on back to the truck," and we go back to the truck. Now, you know, this is a I am making some assumptions in going back to the truck, but I'm not making all the assumptions to the extent that I'm going to climb in his truck. And I've got my mask, and he's got his. So we're just like. It's all, we're all good, 
but he pulls up on his in-cab computer the original, like, as-builts for all the sewers and all the water mains and all the fire hydrants in the whole little neighborhood around here. And I got to sit with the, you know, with the Highline water guy looking at the plans and going, all right, now what's this and what? And he's like, well, this got put in in 62 and this one over here and they, none of these were here. And, and, uh, I really got a, you know, and none of them even noticed I was in my bathrobe because I was, Mm-mm. uh, because they were so fixated on why I was drinking beer. I, l- I learned a long, well, I learned a long time ago from you, John, you got to walk in like you own the place. Well, sure. Drive it like you stole it, like they say in that movie. <laughs> you you come in there and you got a robe, you got a stein, you got a sword. You're a yeah. fully equip, equipped, like Knight Templar of, of the ravine. Well, and they're jackhammer in the street, and they mm. know. I know they know that mm. I don't own the street. So they've got a certain amount of you know, like we own the street energy. And I'm like, you guys own the street. There's no question. I'm not here to. I'm not here to contest who owns the street. I'm just an in a, I'm just a regular guy who wants to look at the plans for the sewers, and how I got a couple of questions. What what about this? Well, how does this? What at what point does it go from here to there? Yeah, and they're like, oh well, good, you know what happens? You just out of curiosity, you, you might pa- not know it. It goes this way. And like, in passing, um, I, I, well, it just strikes me that you're the sort of person who would want to know how the sewer is is wired up. But was there anything that you were hoping to hear? a fact you were hoping to learn about, was there anything where you went in, you're not going to say this because you're going to let, it's his street. But right. did you go, did you go into it thinking, boy, there's this, I've had this mm, kind of niggling feeling for a while. I'd love to put to rest. Did you have something you wanted to learn about? I did Merlin. You're absolutely okay. right. And that right. is that the Highline water, uh, people, what this foreman and his higher ups and ultimately the citizens of, of the region, ultimately the people, hmm. Uh, have an easement across the back of my property where this line of uh, water, not sewer, but water, hmm. uh, goes across the back of my property. And it was an easement that they <clears throat> uh, eminent domained in, the, in 1964. And an easement, they, is, easement is where it's like an eminent domain type situation where some kind of a governing body says there's this area that's currently considered private property and we need to be able to do civic stuff in this area without getting hassled so you can't yell at us that we're behind your fence because the, the the fence is on the easement we, we used to have these in florida back behind mm. the house there's an easement a sidewalk sized piece that, that would then cause even more bickering and stuff like that but they just said we're going to imminent domain your your area so that we can do stuff yeah and this happened back in the 60s when it was I swear to you, wild country out here. There were wild horses hmm. roaming the, you know, and there were, uh, there were, you know, burial mounds. It I hope was they aren't getting into your seed corn. Uh, well, they, by the, by the time I got here, the seed corn had all been <laughs> covered with blackberries. <laughs> but what they did was they actually like cut a, they cut a road through the back, uh, the back 40 here and they, hmm. laid down a big water oh, main. Geez, help yourself guys. <laughs> well, that's the thing. They were like easement. Yep. And I think at the time, it's like, what are you going to say? Easement. No. Go, no. go get after it. Can't, can't fight City Hall or Highline. Because they were going to build houses down on the other side, and they were like, well, we could run the water up over the trees, but that's not going to work. We're going to put it across your back of your property. Mm-hmm. And so in the, middle of the, in the middle of the forest out there, when I first 
when I first started hacking through the through the laurel and the holly with my with my machete, mm-hmm. I I came upon <laughs> machete the, and a sword. Well, yeah, the machetes. You know, it's like it's like the <laughs> Froggy goes to He's Froggy goes to He's got a machete <laughs> and a sword by his side. The machete's strapped to my back, like uh, like Michael like Douglas in *Romancing the Stone*. <laughs> uh, but I, I but I found out in the out in the woods a ivy covered little hillock, which when I uh, excavated it, I found a a manhole cover oh, in the man. middle of what appeared to be, you know, all around it are a hundred year old cedar trees, and here's this manhole cover. So I was like, hmm. And I did, I did my research as best I could and discovered the easement and figured out where the, where the water was going and saw the hydrant that it led to. And, but ever since then I've been like, okay, easement, what does easement mean to you? Me? Highline water district. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. Has there been any, uh, sort of, uh, imminent domain creep? Cause it could just mean I'm allowed to walk here in a hard hat. But like, what is the extent? Does this reach beyond, you know, the tip of my nose? What can you do on what I thought I bought? Exactly. Like, am I going to wake up one day and there's a backhoe out there and they're mm-hmm. like, yep, sorry, easement. Well, you could and probably so, put a cell phone tower or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Well, what if they're well they like, thought oh, about yeah. it back then, but it's very forward thinking in the sense that all we know, you know, you learn stuff like from an exposition, you learn that there's going to be ways to like, you know, order order kitchen supplies on your phone and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And, they, and they, who knows what they're going to do, and let, let alone in the future, our future. Well, and that's one of the questions I asked the guy. I said, so let's say hmm. that up here in the middle of the forest, I want to build a seven-sided lighthouse made of dreams. Mm-hmm. And I put it over the easement oh, in I some see. way, shape, or form. Okay. And he said, well, uh, it happens. All the time. In fact, over but here, if you this, don't know, especially if you don't know, it's an easement, right? Yeah, but it's going to be there. I mean, it's going to be on your on your papers. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to make some reference to it. The thing is, people don't read the papers, Mm-mm. and it's a, it's a it's a couple of line items down in your title that are like OBTW. Mm-hmm. It's the same way like property lines. Property lines are never where you think they are. Because when they draw the property lines, they're like, well, but we're going to need to. Just because the fence, I mean, I learned this from Daniel Plainview. You know, you go Mm -hmm. out there and you got your tripod and you're making some uh, some cool arm gestures because you want to find out exactly where you can drink the milkshake. And just because there's a fence there, don't make that the line. Oh, that's right. Our technology's come a long way and, you know, uh, it's uh, it's malfeasant, Mm -hmm. you know, to just say fence equals property. But, but, uh, But an easement... An easement, but but the thing is, your house, which was built a uh, hundred years ago, yeah, hundred, literally hundred years ago, yeah. When they draw the lines, they draw the lines differently than they do out here in the wild west. When they put in oh. the roads here, they were like, well, we only have the money to put in a two lane dirt road, but why don't we make the lines as because it's already nineteen fifty, yeah. Uh, why don't we make the lines in case we wanted to build a four lane Cadillac delivery system? And so they put the, you know, you look at, you look at it on a map and it seems like these are the widest, you could turn a, so a horse cart around. I remember learning in driver's ed that roads used to be more narrow and that yeah. one of the, in, back in the day, big cars, small lanes. And that one way they tried to improve safety was to make, make wider lanes. 
But does this also just again in passing? But I've heard you mention several times that like, forgive me, I forgot the word. But but there's a term that you were using for like the original like uh, not plat, but like there were like there's a layout of lands that where you are, and there's the old one and there's the new one. Is this related to that? Like somebody draws a bunch of stuff on a map, you hope you get it right. I mean, right. every is everybody talking to each other about how these lines intersect? God, you want to hope so, but it, but often no. I'm guessing not. They just go, look, we we need a road. This is well, this so, is where road needs to be. Some somebody has. <clears throat> there have got to be people. This is the wonderful thing about meeting people that work in the trades, because they know so much, and they are often deal with so much. You yeah, do that for they're, five they're, years, you're going to run into a lot of weird shit, and when it starts showing up more than once, you start you know inferring some patterns. Some of them are like like people like anybody like people in the computer world who don't who aren't curious and are just there to do their jobs. But some of them are genuinely like informed and curious. Like one of the things I noticed about the foreman that I was talking to is that he did not have a complete spatial sense of what he was looking at on the map. Like he's talking about the map and he's pointing to the hmm. map. Okay. And I'm looking at him talk about the map and point to the map. And I realize he is not completely oriented. Oh. Like he's not, he's that, not. That must be a real liability in that line of work. Well, that's what I'm wondering, right? Because the map's he, not the territory, John. Thank you. Thank you. So he's looking at the map and he's pointing at things and then he's pointing at things in the real world. And I'm thinking to myself, <clears throat> well, you, sir, are five degrees off. You're not, he's not completely disoriented. Like he's not pointing north and F calling five, south. Five, de five degrees of compass? Five compass degrees <clears throat> off of what you think you're pointing at. Oh like boy. <laughs> you get a couple feet away from that. You go, you know, this is the way angles work. That's going to end up being a lot for somebody. Well, if you're looking at a water main. Oh, know, sister. You need <laughs> to know, know where that is. You do. And I know there's somebody on his team that knows exactly where they are because mm -hmm. you're not going to start digging a hole in a road without knowing where you are. Maybe he's somebody's brother-in-law. Well, you got to wonder, but he does look at the plans and know what plans are. And maybe the fact that he thinks this is there and that is over there doesn't matter because nobody's consulting him because he's sitting in the truck talking to a guy in his bathrobe. Mm -hmm. But yes, this road that they are digging up did not exist until 1968, but it was on the original 1929 plans because it was headed down to what was going to be the town square when they platted it, what is now a forest, uh, that's preserved as a nature preserve okay. was supposed to be the town square. And it was, and if you look at the original plat, it's got apartments and a fountain and a city hall and a fire station. That sounds adorable. Well, it was super adorable, and all of it right now is living in an alternate ghost universe because what happened was the 1929 crash put all that on the on the back burner. Sure. And by the time they started building here in the 50s, they were like, yeah, fire station. Yeah, like do we really need it? Well, and, and the whole idea of what uh, land use looked like. So they did, they did build all that stuff. They just built it – like flat roof style up by the highway rather than. Cause that's taking than, valuable spots that could be selling to people. It, yeah. Right. But, the, but at the time it, you know, land was cheap and labor okay. was cheap. All right. Yeah. 
But so down in the down in the valley up here, there is the memory of a little town. And until 1968, they hadn't even it, it was just I've t- I talked to a guy who grew up over here who said it used to be that from right here where we're standing, you could get all the way up to the QFC and never see a house. It was all forest and you could follow the creek. And I was like, follow, follow the creek to the crick. QFC. That's a grocery store, right? Yeah. Oh, and I went right, there with you and your mom once. Yeah. The, it used to Probably be a better one. grocery than it is yeah, now. Yeah. They're all like that. Yeah. That's it so was a, interesting. So there was, you see this in so many places. Where I saw this in Tallahassee like three different times. Where you got the area that you consider town. You drive north, south or whatever. You drive a little bit and then there's like somebody's doing a development right? Yeah. And then the yeah. development gets a traffic light. Eventually they get a Publix and then nobody's happy. Oh, Killarn isn't far enough away from downtown. So then you start building further up. Everybody throws the rock a couple times and says, okay, this is where we're going to be away from, from all the snorks. But there's areas in between where, where, the, uh, where the horses can get into somebody else's seed corn, right? Yes. You like the idea right. of that frontier. It's, it's a basic American urge, you know, until yeah. you, you hit the Sargasso Sea or whatever. From my front porch up until 1997, there were horses clo- close enough to hear that I could have hit one with a Frisbee. No. C- could you hear them? Well, I wasn't here in 1997. That's but true. they were right across the street going, That's a shame. <laughs> you, you like horses. Well, sure. I wish there were horses all around. There's a horse pasture right over here that's still there that they haven't converted into. A lot of people into get deer in their neighborhood. You, you get that in Santa Cruz. You get that in, uh, in Atlanta where you see deer. I, I would be much more into like horses, especially small horses. I would, I would love that. This isn't deer country here. Okay. Uh, or or <clears throat> the deer the deer that would be around in western Washington are some kind of um, uh, the mighty elk. Oh, but um, but they're not around here. I do get I do get coyotes. Really? I haven't we get, seen we get a those possum. too. We get those too. What I'm getting from this though is that you know be, uh, be, uh, best laid plans of, of mice and men type situation where you you make a plan, time passes. Things change. Yeah. You know, there are things that need to be done. And that must cause a, a real spaghetti uh, from an infrastructure standpoint. Well, Especially yes. if you're and, five degrees off, let's be honest. And what, what the foreman was saying was right over here, there are houses built on the easement. And they're going to be oh, really man. sad. Oh, my God. Has anybody told them? Well, that's the thing. He's like, I he probably mean, doesn't know. Yeah. You know, we show up one day with our trucks and all of a sudden they built a house on it. And it's like, I hope we don't, I hope oh you don't have Oh my God, ma'am, ma'am, this is not, I'm, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like complaining to the guy at Ikea. You say, you know, you're never going to shop there again. Like, dude, this is not my job. It's not my job. It's not my, first of all, not my circus, not my monkeys. You built on an easement. That's yeah. not my problem. And we're, they're not going to come through with a bulldozer and take off your family room. But if mm. there's a problem. Right. If there's you know, I keep problem. thinking of John, you ever seen that thing where, you know, they always say it's uh, well, they don't always say they do say, but you know, it's very important not to park in where the red curb is. Don't, don't car- park by a fire hydrant because mm-hmm. now that's where a fire truck needs to go. Have you ever yeah. seen those photos where there's like a, you, let's be honest, they're usually a black BMW parked in <laughs> one of those spots. And you ever, do you know what they, what they do when there's a black BMW parked in the red curb spot? Do they just push it out of the way with their big truck? No way better. Um, there, you can find, I'll see if I can find one of these. You smash both sides of the, of the front seat windows and you put a hose through the window. Oh, oh, that's so lovely. Now listen, oh, listen, you know nice. me, you know Merlin 2021. Yeah. I don't harbor these kinds of feelings, but if you have a black BMW and you're parked on the red curb, you deserve two broken windows at least. 
Well, you know, it uh, within within the car community, I think that um, you know, it was widely understood that mm-hmm. BMW drivers were the biggest assholes. Oh, I don't even I don't know fuck all about cars, and I know that every time I'm almost killed, it's a black BMW. But I think in the car community that has rotated slightly, and now the <gasps> consensus seems Tesla, to be Tesla, that it's Tesla. no, it's Audi drivers. Really, the devil you say? And I think there are way more Audis than there ever were. You mean like a uh, nice Audi? Yeah, that's like an Audi A7. Not like or a public radio listener Audi, like an no, old no. Audi or a Volvo. Audi's a German car, right? That's right. Huh? Yeah. And they they own VW, right? They used uh, to. Uh, yeah, uh, Volkswagen, Audi, Porsche. And uh, Audi is stands for auto union because it was originally a combination of a bunch of little German car makers that were making, I don't know what they were making, little Volkswagens, little people's cars. If I was going to, if I was going to roll up with my computer enabled to Bobcat, I would, I would really want to know if I'm about to talk to somebody uh, who's built on an easement. I bet that's a very difficult conversation. Well, part of this, even if it's part, your sun porch or whatever, you know, they're going to be. Yeah, that's bummed. right. You, you're not, you know, if the, because if the water main cracks, right, that's the only time they're going to care. Hmm. But none of this was completely academic to me because for the last year and a half, I've been trying to get somebody to come build a fence between me and the daycare so that she stops throwing her freaking coffee cups over the fence. The daycare. Hmm. Is it zone, date, oh, so is it one of those like mom and pop, a Russian couple runs it kind of things? Right. But it's not the Russian couple. This is the lady whose family has been just throwing their garbage over the fence for the last 35 years. That's no good. Well, it's no Wait, good. Well, that's no way to live. Well, it's not at all. And what happened I would have was, words with these people. What had happened was the okay. old people that lived here had let the ravine go to seed. Okay. And when I moved in, you know, it only borders a couple of neighbors. And when I moved in- and and started macheting my way through the back 40, I found that both of my neighbors had been using it as a dumping ground. Oh, man. One of them was just using it as a place to put her eggshells and, and banana peels, but she'd been doing it for 30 years. <laughs> she thinks the fence creates, it's like, you know, like, uh, like Judge Wapner used to say, when you park your car, it does not create a bailment. In this case, does the fence create a compost bin? Well, there wasn't a fence. You're gonna have you're gonna have horses cheek to jowl out there looking for seed corn, eating up the eggshells. She had a built a trail. Mess. She'd built a trail all the way to the edge of the ravine, and she'd been dumping her her yard waste and her oh food scraps. My God. Um, and when I confronted her about it, and it wasn't a, a hostile confront confrontation no, at no. first, I was like, "Hey, hi, neighbor. I've been noticing in <laughs> excavating this crazy part of my lawn that you've kind of really built up a little thing here." And she said, "Oh yes, well we've been building up the hillside." And I was oh. like. I see. Well, the thing is that a hillside made out of eggshells and banana peels isn't really a stable structure. And I'm planning on restoring the ravine to its native state using all natural, uh, all native plants. And she was like, oh, and as she's talking to me, you know, she's hmm. peeling an egg and throwing the stuff over the edge. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, and, and then, and it became confrontational. What, at was, a her, what point. was her comportment? Was she, was she, was she, um, was she hostile? Was she passive aggressive? Was she, I mean, like if I was, if I was throwing stuff over somebody's fence or had done it, like I would feel really bad that I got caught. It's like when you get caught not, not picking up your dog's poop. What was the comportment of this neighbor? Well, that's the thing. She was a former uh, Alaska Airlines uh, air hostess. Air hostess. Okay. Back when uh, they, you know, wore uh, like elbow length white gloves because mm. she's a she's a, a much older lady now. Mm. And she does clearly, she still have them? 
Oh, I, I haven't asked. Okay. But she clearly was used to in this world being cute and getting her way. Mm-hmm. Being cute and getting her way. And mm-hmm. she was very cute with me, very flirtatious, very charming, but continued to throw her waist into my yard after I asked her not to several times. And eventually, and a couple of times I was up there in my overalls doing stuff and she would say, hi neighbor and dump a wheelbarrow full of stuff like in my yard. And I think that was, was that her trying to say, look, I know this isn't a big deal. You know, this isn't a big deal. There's nothing for me to feel bad about. I'm not being a dick. This is just a thing people do. It's a thing people have always done. Do you think that's, or do you think she knows she's being a little bit of a stinker? Well, she's being a stinker, but what she's doing is asserting that like, well, this is all the way over by my house. It's nowhere close to your house. And I mean, technically, sure, you might, your property line might be like halfway through my lawn, but, uh, but it's always been this way and it always will. And also her contention was it's all natural. I'm just, it's eggshell. It's just natural. I see. I see. It's like, you know, hair's like grass, man. It just grows back. It that just that, kind, back, of, that right? kind of vibe. I did not make the rat. God made the rat. Uh, butter wouldn't melt in her mouth. So I eventually say, <clears throat> I would like you entirely to stop throwing anything. And I mean anything. Did, really, you, really, even, did you really say this? I did. I said, even if you have a wheelbarrow full of wonderful dirt, soil, mm. I would like you to just keep the soil on your side of the property. Because if it's so wonderful, yeah. why don't you want it? That's right? such if a, you stuff. know, you did it. You just won with logic. If yeah. this is really not such a big deal, why don't you just put it somewhere that, that's not uh, somewhere else? Sure. If these eggshells are natural and they're wonderful. If you love these eggshells, why don't you marry them? Just make it. That's right. Make a little pile in your own yard and okay. it'll, and th- those things will be nice. Over on my side, I'm trying yeah. to plant ferns and all this stuff and they don't want eggshells on top of them. Eggshells are not, not a native uh, fauna. And she, at that point, got very hostile. Oh. She said, she said, and I quote, enjoy your lonely life. <laughs> hmm. Okay. And, and it's, a said, li- it's a little bit of a non, non- sequitur when we're talking non-sequitur. about a wheelbarrow full of compost. Yeah. Enjoy. And to, do, do, it, do it like she did. Say it like she said it. Enjoy your lonely life. Mm. Stomp, stomp, stomp. And she stomped mm. on. And now I don't have a lonely life. My Not life at is, all. My you life wish. is very full, very full of people. <laughs> I wish I had a lonely life. And so I didn't, I didn't, there was no, I, I had no retort. I dream the days when I had a lonely I know, life. I know. I've been just, working I on just, it, lady. I just want to fix my smart home devices for nine hours <laughs> and watch Adam Neely videos on YouTube. I just want to not have to talk to anyone or ask what I should eat. Why do you think uh, I'm over by your property pulling up ivy? It's yeah, because I, I could be back in the house life. getting yelled at for something I didn't yeah, do. Right. I could be downtown <laughs> trying to get onto the fucking radio. I'd rather get yelled at by you all day. So she stopped off. And after that, we didn't talk for a while. But, you know, the cost benefit analysis of me getting into any kind of disagreement with her is zero. I got no. It, uh, it really cost me nothing. But it don't, also don't shit where me. you eat is what they say. You know, be careful. Be careful about a lot of things. Like be careful before you have a one night stand with somebody who always goes to the same bar you do. Right. Now, a lot of people disagree. A lot of people disagree. A lot of people say that's a perfect person. But but in this instance, for you to go and well, it's not your fault, but as my friend Marker likes to say, it's not your fault, but it is your problem. And and if you unintentionally set this woman ablaze with anger about her eggshells, well, now you got a problematic neighbor, and that's no fun. Well, so 
That brings us to the other neighbor. Oh, boy. Who she and her three sons, not my three sons. Da, da, her, da, da. <laughs> Sorry. They were. I'm 55. They, when, when I moved into the house, they were so delightful. She came over and brought me an orchid, which is a kind of, uh, it feels to me like a kind of Romanian curse. It like, absolutely why? does. It's like sending somebody a fish in a bulletproof vest. La la la. <laughs> doesn't that, doesn't that kind of feel like the kind of thing that says your days are numbered? Enjoy the orchid. Well, like it's basically a challenge. Like here's an orchid, keep it alive. Oh shit. Like, now this is your problem. Keep an orchid alive. Why the, how the fuck? I don't know how to keep I an orchid alive. What, what, do I look like somebody who can tend an orchid? What am but, I, Susan but, Orlean? But you know, very nice gesture, right? Like here's yes. a plan to welcome to the neighborhood. It's very thoughtful. Yeah. And, and it's not the kind of thing like greeting cards where you can just buy 50 and give them to people, you know, no, like you can buy 50 sympathy thing. cards because every death is the same. But 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 orchids are the kind of thing where she'd have to probably go to what's called the QVC. She'd have to probably go to the mart and, and pick up an orchid for John. Yeah. Okay. And, All right. So it st- starts out fine. It starts out fine, and yep. her yard is beautifully manicured. And she introduces herself by saying, "My father was a master gardener." And so the orchid oh. is like an ex- it's like an express an expression of like oh it's a branded greeting. Yeah, master gardenerhood. Hmm. But and and if you went up to the property line between our two houses, it was such a bramble, uh, you couldn't see through it. You couldn't even. There were trees that were covered with blackberries, so that you couldn't identify the species of tree. Do blackberry? Like, I think of blackberries. A, I think of them coming from a bush. I could be wrong. And B, I think of them being thorny. They're extremely thorny. thorny. Okay. They're extremely thorny. Okay. They're, they're awful. In fact, they are human being shredders. Mm-hmm. And these particular blackberries are imported from the Himalayas. I, that sounds like an exotic. I was going to yep. say it sounds like an invasive. It sounds like exactly the kind of shit like people do in San Francisco. Oh, eucalyptus trees will be nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until it rains once and their shallow root system makes it fall on my kid. <laughs> blackberries. What right. a bunch of bullshit. Well, all the stuff in the in my yard, it all comes from Inglang or yes, from Yes, it's Asia. like, I want every bird that's in Shakespeare. Welcome to Seattle. Right. Fuck that. I, I just planted a tiny sprig of bamboo and now it has destroyed everything or kudzu or whatever. <laughs> so uh, you think so, they, that cover of murmur you think that was yeah. an accident that's yeah. no accident that that's, no, that's, that's no accident no no, no that no, was no, revenge <laughs> in georgia it flows like water the kudzu woof but the uh the blackberries here are vines or they're like an invasive they're not even a vine they're like oh, so uh, they, 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 they're they, like they, a monster they, i no 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 no. i see what you're saying it's like a not a kaiju but it goes out and it's it's seeking out it's a like a runner it's like a like you know in uh, at harvard you get vines on the walls and in this case you get these these little guys going out like little aliens and they're colonizing colonizing oh they're 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 murderers and <sighs> they're they have enough internal structure that one can come out of the ground and go 30 feet in the air I bet they Straight help each up. other. I bet the like, those trees that hold each other up. I bet it's a kind of thing where it's like uh, E.O. Wilson's ants, you know, mm-hmm. where we're all working toward a certain thing, and it's not good, not good for homeowners. Okay, so the alley. Yeah. The so alley. you were given an orchid. So so anyway, I'm over there. I'm, I'm at the property line. You can't even get through there, and I'm hacking, 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 and I come to the fence. And there they are on the other side in their manicured garden, and they have a daycare center where they are, oh, where okay. she sees little kids. You know, she holds your little kid for the day while you go out in your Audi and go to work or whatever. And they buy like three pieces of playground equipment and some yes. juice boxes, and Bob's your uncle. Now it's officially a quote unquote daycare. Well, except it has to be licensed, you know. Well, and I, I don't know, man. 
I mean, it we got is. a lot of those. We got a lot of those around here. I mean, like honestly, seriously, you know where my office is? Time was three doors down. There's a totally residential house, and it had some kind of a real basic sign. And there, there are always names like you know Sailor School or you know Primary Fun or whatever. And like it's it's just a bunch of bullshit. Where they get they get to come to the cafe, get a latte. Anyway, that's what, so that's what it is here. Her that's father exactly. was a master gardener, and I did not know that was a thing. Yep. Yep, and now, now she now does she if I could ask, I don't want to be normative, does she have a partner? Because it strikes me as with real estate, a lot of these phony baloney uh childcare things, it's usually like a couple. Well, so in this case, the house is one of the older houses. The house is is fairly old. It's older than mine. Okay. And it was owned by her husband's parents. Her husband's parents. And her husband grew up in the house because her husband's parents lived there their whole lives. But then in the divorce, somehow she kept the house. She's divorced. She got to keep the house. Maybe he was maybe he was catting around or something. Who knows? He didn't He's have gone. leverage. He's gone from the picture. Maybe he died in a in a she tragic used to travel a lot. She used to travel a lot for work. And I wonder nothing nothing against women in the workforce. My God, we've lost so many women in the workforce. But I wonder, do you know what he did for work? No idea. Okay. Uh, and they, but they do give oh. the they do give the sense, and this is a thing, you know, we're talking a lot about class in America. We talk about it here on the show. Yes. This neighborhood, uh, because it was settled by Boeing adjacent people it has that quality of um it's like an affluent working class neighborhood yeah it's not that used to totally be a thing yeah totally a thing right you have made it detroit think about detroit like in the 50s 60s exactly you got all these auto engineers and they're building big houses here you know if you go up by the college you've got a neighborhood where everybody in the neighborhood is a college professor. Sure. And so there are plenty of classes. If you want to put your kid in a potting pottery class, mm-hmm. you know, or a ceramicist class, ceramicist there's going to be somebody mm-hmm. there that'll teach you ceramics. Okay. Out here, I think you'd have to go back to Seattle to find anybody that was working in ceramics as an art form. Right. But there are a lot of people who support the local sports teams here. But, but it also sounds like the kind of neighborhood where there's a lot of like pride in your home so, such yes. as and i don't mean as in like florida like that, that's reflected in how you edge and then yell at other people about how they edge but like you've got your own those houses have been there a long time the people who get them probably got them for a reason and now yeah. they've got their own a uh, little like a compound where they do their thing yeah you've got you've got rhododendrons out here that are as big as a bathosphere you know you've is got that right you've got big rhododendrons it's okay. a it, and so, but the thing about her is she gives the, she gives one the impression of an affluent working class woman uh, who has a nice house and who's, but who's running a daycare, right? Mm-hmm. In order to, in order to keep the lights on. But I get out there and I say, Hey, here we are. You're like, we met with the orchid, but now I'm, now we're meeting in the back area. And, you know, of course I'm on my side of the fence and you haven't seen anyone on this side of the fence in decades because these sticker bushes are very tall and very awful. And, um, so I'm standing here now and the fence between us is three feet high and chain link. Hmm. <laughs> it is not a substantial <laughs> like that, fence. Like that De La Soul <laughs> uh, and, and, and just to, just to bring me up to speed that this is the, this is the prop. Well, we'll say the person, but this is the property from which disposable coffee cups appear to be hurled. Well, so as I started to work back mm-hmm. there, and, okay. and we're all very, you know, we're very friendly at sure. this point. Sure, sure, sure. 
Orchid. Um, I start trying to dig up these blackberries because, you know, fucking blackberries, it's very hard. Because once you, once you start digging, you realize that their root structure is like a brain. And no, the no, roots, it's like hippies. You got to go all the way in. You can't, you don't leave any part of it. You've got to get it completely out. And somehow down there, you, you often find as you dig this, this woody mass of roots that, uh, that hates you and mm-hmm. you hate it and you are locked in an eternal struggle. And so I'm down there and they're looking at me over the fence because the, the, the three foot high chain link fence is just to keep the kids out of the sticker bushes, right? Mm-hmm. And they're realizing like, oh, we have somebody now who's going to be right here on the other side working. That changes things. And as I pull up the, as yeah. I pull up the sticker bushes, every six inches, there is a piece of garbage. <laughs> and I mean. <laughs> Concealed previously. By the deep by the sticker rooted bush. sticker bush. And I mean true garbage. I mean like uh We're not talking plastic. about the occasional the occasional butt from an old Salem. No, no, no. I mean I mean a um I mean like a sixteen ounce uh plastic coke bottle with forty cigarette butts in it and then someone pissed in it, put the cap on it and oh, threw it over. You mean some fucking garbage. Garbage. Uh black Whoa. plastic fifty uh, gallon bags or whatever. Uh, full of red solo cups and um, and just like the the garbage from a kegger, okay. But also broken crockery oh and um, Christmas ornaments that they didn't want anymore. People make fun of Michael Stipe, but but when he said, you remember what he said? Remember what he said? He said when you throw something away, hmm. where is a way? And in this case, it's 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 on the other side of the oh, fence. Where is a way? That's a way. so true. And for them, over the fence and far away had been uh, away, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it's not here anymore. Yeah, it's not here anymore. It's right yeah. over there, somewhere gone forever. And as I dug deeper and filled up 10, 15, 20 bags of garbage and still finding more and stacking this garbage against the chain link fence. I started to really hate them, mm-hmm. not just resent them, yeah. but this, this woman and her family are the descendants of master gardeners. Well, it goes from, but, it goes from, I know what you're talking about. It goes from a kind of not benign, but you know, there's a certain kind of like just an annoyance that doesn't have a valence into a sort of like, you did this, you, yeah. you know, you did this. You yeah. should have known the consequences. You're a grown ass adult. And now I'm out here with these bags with my dick in my hand. Right. And I'm trying to be nice the whole time because I'm like, look, I don't want trouble with with you or my neighborhood. But at one point I said, you know, a lot of garbage over here. And she said, oh, there, you know, they used to, they used to party back there. And I was like, yeah, one of those broken crockery parties you hear about. Yeah. Well, and interesting that they only partied like 15 feet from your fence and they partied the entire length of your fence but only 15 feet from there and they brought Christmas ornaments and they, and it's weird because if you were going to pee on this side of the fence, you would just kind of pee on the ground. You wouldn't pee in a bottle. And in the amount of time you were out there with a bag dealing with the, with with the brambles, like you must've been able to do some basic forensics. Like you're going to see, like for example, that park, the park with the Confederate ghost by our house until fairly recently, we would find pop tops, old school 
70s, oh, yeah. 80s pop tops from where obviously kids would go from the high school and go drink beer in the woods or what at the park, right? right. That kind of thing where you go, ah, ha, ha, but this is a Starbucks cup design that did not happen until 2009 or whatever, right? You'd be able to say, well, this is a vape pen. They didn't have those back in the day. Well, and but also there's some shit from back in the day. Like you guys have been throwing stuff this is over not the a fence new for problem. 30 years. No, yes. I'm digging eight inches down and finding stuff buried in Jesus the dirt. Jesus Christ, John. And also there clearly one of her sons is a crazy person because there are things that indicate that when he was in the backyard and finished a cup of coffee, he threw the mug over, completely intact, just threw the mug over the fence into the bushes. Jiminy. And so I went, ended up having a confrontation with her son, her adult son, because I was down in the ravine and they're up in their yard and they, they were digging up some big bush that they wanted out of their property. And when they were done, they just, he and his brother just hucked it as far as they could into my ravine. Oh my God. And at that point I had said to her, Hey, I've noticed that, you know, that you have a, history of throwing stuff over here. And she was like, Oh, a lot of parties down there. And I was like, great, great. But anyway, please don't ever throw anything over the fence again. Cause I'm over here restoring the land. Mm-hmm. And so they threw this thing over and I walked up and said, Hey, I live here now. Please don't throw your stuff over the, over the thing. And the guy freaks out. We've been throwing stuff over there for 30 years and you got no right. And so I climbed out of the ravine. It's not like I, you're asking him not to honor the Sabbath. Well, I mean, he makes it sound like some kind of like, well, this is in the Old Testament. This is where we throw the crockery and and uh, and, and and whatnot. That's no matter. How old is he? He say he says an adult. Well, he's a, yeah, thirty five. <laughs> but as I approach him, I see the unmistakable signs of a drug abuser. Ooh, no and so he is a problematic, and then I've talked to many of the other neighbors, and they're like, oh, yeah, well, she's got one kid that's fucking nuts. So, but it's and, probably not needle drugs, or you'd be finding hypodermic needles. Well, I have found hypodermic needles. Oh, shit, John. And he is a needle drug user, in addition to a, a meth user, and a, he's just a user. Oh, he's, he's, so, a, he's, a, he's a polymath. He is losing his shit on me. Oh, Does he live at home? Uh, no. Because huh. she runs a daycare. He oh, lives- oh, of course. Yes. Oh. See, it gets more and more complicated <gasps> oh, all the time. Oh, John. But he's over there that day, and you know, and he's a motor mouth, but he's just in my face all of a sudden. And you know, getting like right in my face is a super bad strategy. You've been you've been so nice at this point. Been really you, nice. you haven't asked anything that is not a normal thing to ask and you've asked it in a nice way. Am I right? Thank you. That's his hundred. I've tried a hundred percent to only ask for the basic consideration of don't throw your garbage so, over. And he's escalating it. Well, yeah, he's, he's into this whole, he's getting into the whole thing and he's physically threatening me. Mm. And that is a, that's a, that's the wrong move. He didn't see your sidearm. Well, he didn't, but he also, you know, like doesn't, he has no sense in that moment because he's a drug addict Yeah. Uh, of like, okay, there are people that you get close to them and they um, take a step back. And there are people that when you get close to them, they take a step forward. He's probably and, used to encountering a, a lot of people that where he can change the barometric pepper, uh, pressure by going like, I'm crazy. You don't want to yeah, mess with me. Exactly right. The crazy eyes and the like, I'm going to fuck you up. But it's really, it's not. 
it's and so event not not eventually very quickly he understands his error but he's committed he's committed to the crazy eyes yeah and um so i walk him back up his driveway um to his to near his front door and his mom comes out and she's trying to control him and she's like get back in the house and he's like ah and he realizes that he's in a he's in a sticky wicket and so i turn to his mom and say hey i don't want any trouble i definitely don't want to be on the wrong side of your family i just have said it a few times please don't throw anything over the fence and please tell everyone in your house not to. And she's like, Oh, well, you know, my son is very protective of me. And I was like, right, that has nothing to do with this. Cause I'm not, there's no, there's no thing to protect you from. Um, I'm not throwing stuff over your fence. And so he, she sends him back into the house and you can hear him screaming every profanity he's ever heard. And, and at some point I made an, intimation that I understood what drugs looked like on a person. And so he's in the house going, he thinks I'm a junkie. He's calling me a junkie. And I was like, Hey man, didn't call you a junkie. Just gave you the look that you give a junkie. Right. Right. And like you, do you imagine for a minute that his mom doesn't in her heart now? Oh, she knows he's a junkie. He's probably had some run-ins. Yeah, but he's had run-ins. in the neighborhood. That's the thing. And, you know, and what I didn't say was, you're running a daycare and you got a junkie son who's probably got a record. (gasps) But there's the implication. Yeah. But I'm not saying it. I'm not Mm -hmm. even implying it. Doesn't need to be said. I'm just standing there like, don't throw your shit over the fence. You don't even need to put it down and she's picking it up whether she likes it or not. But at that point, you know, and I spent a couple nervous days where I'm like, this is exactly the type of kid that is going to continue to be a problem but he he wasn't he got the fuck out and i think his mom was like you're done but at that point i said you know what we really need here is a much larger fence and i began to try to find a fence contractor hmm and oh well, how did you, so if I could ask, how did, how did she respond to that your your oh she was like oh i agree we should have a fence hmm and i was like great and I'm sure that what that means is that you agree that I should pay for a fence, but that's fine because nobody wants a fence more than me. And you know what? It's going to save you thousands of dollars in coffee cups. Um, <laughs> and so, but I've spent a year trying to get a fence contractor to commit to building a fence. And I have never met a flakier group of tradespeople than fencemen. Really? They come out and they're like, uh, well, a lot of them, you know, will make an appointment with me and 20 minutes after they were supposed to be here, when I call them and say, were you supposed to be here? They tell me, oh, there was another thing and, you know, I saw a hot air balloon or, you know, my I couldn't get my radio. Oh, it's uh, never, to, never to, their to the, problem. Never their yeah, problem. Yeah, like I'm trying to get the metal station and I couldn't and so I had to die. Hmm. And the few guys I've come out, had come out here, you know, walk the line and they're like, we can totally do this. We can, you know, this is, this is easy. And they give me a, like a respectable quote on it. And then I never hear from them again. And I never see them again. Hmm. So the other seem like a way to run a business. Well, it's not, but you know, these are days where, uh, tradespeople are in high demand and I'm sure that they can build fences all day for contractors and they don't have to come out and build a fence between me and, uh, and garbage daycare. Oh, you think they maybe get bigger jobs and uh, they, spack, they spackle in suckers and yeah. maybe maybe you just you didn't uh, reach the bar of suckerdom. 
they just don't give a good goddamn. I mean, I met, I found a, an electrician not very long ago who's like very responsive and does good work. And I was like, what kind of unicorn are you? I know. Um, See, it feels like a jam up. I, I feel the same way when I meet a tradesman who like, there's one, I told you this, but there's one time where after year, after years of Comcast people coming to our house because the cable wasn't working right, we finally got, it was, it was this woman who was a veteran and cause we talked for a while. Of a thousand and, psychic wars? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she she was some kind of blue oyster cult song, mm-hmm. but but she um she she so she did her thing and because our internet had gotten really this is just real quick but so basically she goes okay I'm I'm done here come on down, and there was this pile this virtual rat king of coax, she said <laughs> I, this is all the coax I took out because basically every time somebody comes here to quote unquote fix something. I guess this has to do with the nature of how contractors are, are brought in. You know, it's usually magnet sign workers. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, right, right, right. And, and, she, and she goes, um, yeah. They just ran another line. I just, yeah, she just, I did a test and it's, it's way better now. And, and so anytime anybody had come out for years to fix it, it always involved adding extra coax, which yeah. by the end of the end of the line into our house had degraded the, the signal so badly that internet couldn't get to the house anymore. <laughs> and so, but you know what I'm talking about? You encounter yeah. like one person, look, I'm going to be honest, one out of six people who comes to your house, if you're, if you're fortunate, is somebody who goes, yeah, I did the thing you wanted. And I also fixed a ton of shit you would have no way of knowing. So like great. busted, busted your junk this entire time because all these other people suck. And I was like, what angel are you? Thank you. Literally. Thank you for your service. Yeah. So beautiful. Uh, you know, the farm had so much, so much coax on the outside of it that it looked like it was being attacked by a Cthulhu. <laughs> Maybe they get paid by the foot. Because at, at a certain point, there were so enough people unspeakable, living in the unspeakable, house. Unspeakable, um, eldritch amounts of coax. Yeah. There were so many people living in that house at some point, and every one of them wanted cable TV in their room. Yeah. So there, oh, was, okay. there was coax going outside the house into every room of the house. Coax all the way down. And it's like, look, you know what I where I don't need internet in mm-hmm. the pantry. I also don't need internet in the bathroom. Like, oh can my we goodness! Get some of this off of here, or a homemade closet. So, so anyway, <sighs> the other day I'm sitting here. I've been calling fence contractors all these years, uh, which is to say, one year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I and I but get was, we all know that last year has really felt like three years. So well, it's a lot of years, a lot right? Of years. I mean, yes. this year is going to make last year look like Dope. five years ago. Hands ready. <laughs> In this case, I get a kid on the on the horn. Yep, yep, yep. As we as we used to say. Sure. He comes out. We go walk the property. Uh, he's about twenty four years old, and I say, you know, guy, I need a fence. It just needs to go from here to there. It doesn't have to be fancy. It's just a thing to keep um, to keep the bottles of cigarette piss on their side. Of the <laughs> I mean, they can still. <laughs> They can still throw it over. You're going to need an arm, fence. though, you know? Yeah, but you got it. At that point, you can't just do it absentmindedly. Yeah. And the kid says, well, yeah, I can build this fence. And I say, well, okay, I've heard that before. Uh-huh. And we go out to the street, and we're sitting and talking. And we come down to the driveway sitting and talking. And I said, uh, well, you know, you got any kind of timeline? And he said, well, you know, my big season for my other job starts not very long. So I'm just oh. doing this work in, you know, in the lead up. I do this work during my downtime. Hmm. And I said, what's your other job? And he said, well, I'm from Enumclaw, Washington, which is, you know, which is country here or used to be. Mm-hmm. 
And I said, "Uh uh-huh. And he said, and I'm a rodeo rider. Hmm. And I said, a a rodeo rider. This is a side hustle. The fencing is a side hustle. He said later. He's usually trying to work out eight seconds on a bull. Well, he, and he said, I grew up putting up fence because that's what cowboys do when they're oh, not cowboys. Oh, you're out mending fences. You're out there. That's oh, practically like a, like a Cole Porter song. Okay. That's right. You're out oh, mending fences. Damned. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, From Candle Cant. So he's, he's been putting up fences his whole life. He said, you know, first fence I ever put up, it was, I was six years old. And you never forget your me. first fence. That's right. He gave me a hatchet and a pistol and, mm-hmm. a, and a thousand feet of, of barbed wire. And he said, go put it up. Come back when it's when it's fence. <laughs> so I said, "Well, what kind of rodeo rider?" And he said, "Well, I got a scholarship to Central Washington University, and it was a calf roping scholarship." Okay, is that and the kind like, of thing you think you get that from, like an industry group, like a cattleman's group? Well, it's That's not the kind of thing a Kiwanis would do usually, right? It's it's got to be the Black Angus uh, roping scholarship. Which? And I said, I didn't know any of these things were. I'm true. so glad you asked. And he said, what, you want to see some videos? And he shows me some videos. Well, he, you know, they let the calf out and he goes chasing after it with his horse. He, with a lasso over his head, grabs the, grabs the calf, yanks it back, jumps down, ties it up, puts his hands up in the air. Six seconds. Stop the clock. Yeah. Nine seconds or whatever. Damn. And he's like, so all season, and he's a personable guy and he's a chatty guy. Mm -hmm. And I'm throwing questions at him and he's like. Oh yeah, well during the season, travel all across the country, going from county fair to county fair, roping calves, mm. and it's and it's my profession. Like I I won the 2019 calf roping juniors, and and he's talking about like, you know, out here in Washington. Sure, we got five or six county fairs, but you know, like back in Laramie oh, at the calf roping sure. world championship. Well, you know, you don't move to Iowa to get into movies. <laughs> Right, right. I but, mean, you you got to you got to go where the roping is. Whereas as Wayne Gretzky said, you go where the roping's going to be. So he is talking to me about Damn. roping. Okay. And what I'm hearing is that that this this kind of level of of cowboy, they're traveling the country like an indie rock band. He and his buddy get in the get in a car. They go out. They're borrowing horses from other guys. Sometimes they Borrow bring horses. Bring the horse. They must get he more said, tail than Sinatra. Well, hope to shout. (laughs) So he, so I'm like talking to him for about 15 minutes and I was like, you know what? You know what, Hunter? Mm -hmm. Because his freaking name is Hunter. That's a cool name. And the, and and his buddy's name is Pistol or something. And and I said to him, you guys got fucking hilariously uh, two perfect cowboy names. And he said, oh, you wouldn't believe the, the names that some cowboys have you know they're all called like saddle and fucking whatever mm-hmm. crispos or ropey ropey so so i said you know what you gotta stop because i'm gonna have you on my podcast and i'm talking about the 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 patreon so podcast. special patreon podcast i'm gonna talk to you about rodeo rope and patreon.com slash john roderick on the podcast mm-hmm. and so he's like podcast <laughs> And then he, his eyes get wide, and he's Our like, guess. "I've been wanting to <laughs> New know York all about City. <laughs> New York City. I've been wanting to know all about podcasts." Oh my god, because, it's a match made in Laramie. Yeah, because some of the rodeo riders, the way they keep their 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 minds right as they're driving across America is they're listening to podcasts. And I don't know anything about them. I'm really probably, curious. Probably Joe about Rogan. Them. Yeah. 
And so I'm like, well, you're going to find out about podcasts because you met the right guy. So now he's all excited and you get the sense that he's not going to just ride off into the sunset and not build my fence. So he calls me a week later and I've got all these guys in the meantime, I was going to interview a couple other fencemen Mm -hmm. and they both call me and are like, oh, I couldn't come because I put in a bag of microwave popcorn and only half popped. (laughs) And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck you guys. Cause Hunter yeah. is coming. Cause I know he's coming cause he's into pod or he's, he wants to know about podcasts. And I told him I was going to put him got like a reverse gift to the Magi thing going on here. You can really help each other in this situation. Exactly. So he calls me on Friday and he's like, how's Monday? <gasps> oh, now this shit. is, a, this is a year and a half of trying to get a fenceman. And now my little cowboy is like, he and trigger are coming out here on Monday. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yes. Right. Oh, and his fence quote is, is real low. It's like, you know, and he's like, I guarantee all my work. He's got that cowboy, like, you know, integrity. Yeah. My fence never falls type of thing. He told me a story about, he was in a, he was in an elevator in Las Vegas and a guy gets in and sees his rope case which is a thing apparently. Cause he's like, your rope is a rope real- case. The same way that he's a salesman would have fuller brushes. He's got a case for rope. Yeah. Versus carrying- lassoes. He's carrying his rope case. Okay. The guy okay. gets on the elevator. He's, you know, the uh, hunter's looking down at, at the ground and, uh, and the guy says, you're open today. And he looks up and it's George Strait. George Strait from country music. And to hear him tell the story, Whoa. it was like Eddie Van Halen got into your taxi and said, do you want a line of blow? You and know, pulls out, a little, Strait, pulls out a little guitar. <laughs> and George Strait asked him about his rope case. That's so like, cool. That yeah. must that must be that's a nice thing. That's nice. And he's a nice, nice kid. So I'll tell you what. He showed up this morning. Hunter? And right across the ravine at this moment, Hunter is putting in posts in between Shut me. Shut your goddamn and, mouth. Are you gonna record later? And the trash take daycare. So he said the fence is gonna take two days. Oh my god. And I said, All right, Hunter, you put in your post today, you come out and you you put up the boards tomorrow, and then you're coming in and we're having a podcast. Yeah. And he said, Well, my buddy Trigger wants to come on it too, because he's got a lot of stories too. Oh my God. And so it's possible. And tri- and I met Trigger this morning and he's got a baseball hat that talks about uh ro- feedlots or something. You know, like his his baseball hat is is telling the whole thing. Oh, story. it doesn't say like Von Dutch or something. No. It's no, no, got no. it's got a sack of grain on it. The kind of horse yeah. would really want to get into. It says it says sacks of grain are us. I well, get it. Well, they're in Wyoming. <laughs> and so but more than even the excitement of having two cowboys on a podcast, la la la, is <laughs> that the fact that I've got a freaking fence going up between me God. and Orchid Lady. And it's a Christmas a- miracle. Yeah, and you got Trigger. Trigger's coming in, bringing his hat. Sure. And I can just dance around naked, like two feet from, from Oh, I bet they've son. seen some shit. I wouldn't oh, worry. Jesus, they've seen some can shit. Can you imagine on the road? Can you imagine being at a Holiday Inn with Trigger? The kind of shit that goes down, ice fights probably. Well, like staying up late watching TV? That's what I want to hear about. I want to hear about what they talk about. I'm a little bit afraid to ask them about their politics, but I really want to. No, oh. no. I mean politics. Do we right really? Me. I mean, it's like talking right. about, it's like asking people about their pancreas. Like, do, do we really need to do that all the time? The thing is, I don't want to hear about their politics. I want to hear what they think about their politics. I want to hear about his ethos. Well, yeah, that's right. Like, here you are. You're yeah. a good old fella. Is there a you're code a, of the road for ropers? You're, you're a young fella. You're obviously a smart fella. Yeah. And you're over here 
on this side of the mountains, which is, um, well, Enumclaw is not, not too far, but it's like cow country, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you're down here on the flats where, uh, where we, you know, dance naked on the, on the solstice. Mm. What's your oh, different, different culture you're saying? Yeah, that's right. What's yeah. your idea about what we need to do? Because I know that you think there's something that we need to do as a people, as a nation. What do we need to do? And I bet you what you're going to say is not that we need to bring a Christian theocracy to government. I think you've got more nuanced ideas. But I don't want to hear about I bet, I bet it they're until— down, I, bet, I bet they're also down to earth. I, I would love to hear earthy. And see, now I'm getting over my skis on this. Yeah. Is that I, I would love to hear some earthiness, and I would love to hear some overdue ideas for, for common sense in the polity. Well, and, but, but first what of all, what can we learn from the Ropers? Like I said, one of the, I asked him a couple of questions. I said, what's the hierarchy of rodeo cowboys? And he said, well, you know, the guys that ride bunking Broncos are freaking crazy. And I, I was tol- like, save I it. I totally believe that. Yeah. Save, save it for it. the show. Yeah. Yeah. Save yeah. It. He's like, leave you know, it. if you're, if you're, if you're riding a crazy horse, like you're, if you, he said, riding a bull is, is not that hard. A bull's a big thing, but a crazy horse, a horse that doesn't want you on it. He's like, that's bananas. So I was like, save it. And then I said, how much, if you're roping a calf, how much is it, is, does the horse have to know? About like, the how, whole situation? Yeah. How much does the horse know about what's going on? The horse you're riding, not the horse that's crazy. No, no, but this is, he's roping a oh, calf. You're talking about a roping horse. A roping horse. Okay. And he gets serious and he's like, the horse is everything. Mm. The horse you a, a good I believe, cowboy. I totally believe that. I totally yeah. believe that. He said a good cowboy on a bad horse is worth a lot less than a bad cowboy on a good horse. Oh, it's like having a you gotta have a, every every band. You can't have a good great band. You, you can't have a great band without a good drummer. Yeah, right. Right. And in this case, you're saying like you, you just you don't you don't want to fuck around and find out. Like if you get on like uh, if you get on old paint, you know, and, and he's not so great and you're not so great, and ain't nothing gonna get roped. Yeah. So Shit, he pulls dog. up a bit. He's like, you want to see? That's so wise. He's like, let me watch, walk you through this. And so <sighs> he pulls up another video and he says, look what the horse is doing. And the horse, they pull out and he's roping and the horse is going this way. And then as soon as he gets the rope around the calf's neck, the horse puts on all four brakes and starts pulling the calf what? back. But he pulls the calf just enough till the rope is taut and then the <sighs> horse stops and holds. Oh my God! It just knows intuitive with horse intuition. Well, trained or knows? He's the horse is like you and me, buddy. Okay. And so hunters down roping the horse or roping the calf, but the horse is the one controlling the calf. And Hunter says, if the horse wasn't doing this exactly right, that calf would be flipping and flopping like a like a halibut. Uh huh. And oh, I'm like, man. oh, they're, they're so like I've a got, centaur. Like they, they're working together. Could you do yeah. me a favor? I mean, I don't want to be a dick about it, but if you no. can, I, um, could you ask him like some of his favorite horses? Like, I especially like to hear names of horses. If, if it comes up, if it comes up, like, 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 is he riding an old paint or is it, uh, you know, gypsy danger or whatever? Like if you could find out some horse names, it would be really, and anything else. I mean, anything you want to share yeah. here, this is obviously for your other program. I'm glad you're growing the network, but like, I, if you want to bring some horse horse riding wisdom and and uh, rodeo wisdom back to here, I would be way open to it, especially if there's horse names. Well, and it might surprise you that I managed hmm. to ask him this many questions in what should have been a very short conversation between a fenceman and a guy. A lot of cowboys are pretty taciturn. 
Well, he's not. He loves to tell stories. And so I say to him, you're out riding around in a, in a Caprice Classic going from rodeo to rodeo, and you're claiming to borrow horses. How the heck are you communicating with a borrowed horse? That's a great question. And he's like, well, the thing is, cowboys loan their horses to each other. My horse is over here being ridden by Trigger while I'm riding, <gasps> you know, uh, old paint, which belongs to, that's Trigger's horse. It's a, it ends up being like a backline. It's it's like a backline, or it's a, it's it's a like, backline of horse where like you you use jawbreakers equipment or whatever, and they're like, okay, yes. Hakuna Matata, you know, break, if you change it, break a string, change it. But like, yeah, but well, the, but you're using their, their their PVs, their shures, all that stuff. And in this case, it's a lent horse of a known quantity. It's like when when Pearl Jam goes out on tour, they got two whole separate uh, caravans, uh-huh. and when when they're playing at Red Rocks, their second unit is already setting up. Down at the, you know, down at uh, whatever the, uh, the, uh, oh, the Denver, Denver, yeah, Quest Field or whatever somewhere. Okay, and so they're just, and the band just flies from show to show, mm. and they've got these guys leapfrogging all the way across the country. Well, apparently, rodeo riders are also like, look, I got a rodeo tomorrow up in West Texas, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. down in West Texas, and sure. you're over in Eastern Kansas. Like, I'll use your or if you use mine. It's so much like indie rock. I mean, this is, yeah. again, this is like the SST bands, you know, uh, blazing that path. In this case, the ropers are, are talking to each other. And, and you got to be competing with your buddy who's driving around with you. But at the, at the end of the day, you're back yes. in the car together. It's like, and you're it's like, like pro wrestling. I totally, oh my God. So you're going to, when's it, have you scheduled a time for this? When you well, no, because I'm looking out the window here. Now, of course, I can't see the neighbors because that's one of the wonderful things about the ravine. It's just like all trees. But I know... Right on the other side of this stand of trees, those two little cowboys are putting in the fence that I've been dreaming about since day one. And they're not going to charge me that much. And then I think tomorrow afternoon they're going to come in all all with their with their dusting uh, up ra- their chaps. Yeah, with their wranglers all wet from oh, from uh, oh, from, from ravine b- work. building that house from from ravine work. I'm going to have a fence over there that I'm going to put some guard towers up on. Yep. And they're oh, like, come like, in, a, like a turret, a I minaret. Know, what, what do you call that? Uh, that's a. You know what though? You might want to bring them some lemonade and just make sure that the neighbors aren't talking to them and trying to turn them against you, because that seems well, like like a, like a very daycare thing to do. The thing is, I've told him all about her, so he he knows oh, what's going on. I bet, I bet he'll but, still be really civil. He'll he'll represent you well. I bet. Well, I because she was writing me like, what? Well, you know, they can't be in my backyard, and I was like, well, they're going to be in your backyard. And yeah, she said, that's well, happening. You know, that's happening. I can't do this. And then he writes me and says, I'm going to have to use power from her house. I'm going to need an extension. Oh cord. shit, dog! And I said to him, you know what? You're going to have to use that million dollar smile. Yeah. And he's like, he. And this morning he was he. Gave me the did, smile. Did he, t- did he touch one index finger to his cowboy hat? He did, and he and he gave me the smile, and I was <laughs> that like, hunter smile. I said, "Tell you what, hunter, you're that smile. I mean, if you were looking for an extension cord from me, I'd give it to you." <laughs> <laughs>